Hi, I'm Heidi Bragg, and this is Life, Cancer, Etc. The goal of this podcast is to connect you with resources that will improve your life so you can be happier, more resilient, and less stressed. So this week, I'm talking with Marie Perlingi, who's my massage therapist and my friend. We've known each other about, I guess, four and a half years now. And her wife, Cindy Coots. And Cindy was diagnosed with breast cancer twice over the last, what, four years? Five years, Cindy? It's been nine years now. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, So anyway, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourselves and maybe even how you met, how long you've been together and how long into your relationship the first cancer came? Uh, well, we met in a bar. Very what, romantic. What <laughs> <laughs> we met in 2007 in a bar. And, uh, and uh, we met up in uh, Provincetown. Yeah, this is in P-Town, right? Okay. Yeah, P-Town, yeah. Massachusetts, yeah. I, I went up there with a friend for her birthday, and she was with her friends for a big celebration of Women's Week. And it was it was a lot of fun, and that's where we met. Yeah, and we were both living in different states, and I was up in Connecticut, and Cindy was living down here in Quincy Court already. And uh, six months later, I moved down. So I that was two thousand yeah two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, I moved down in two thousand and eight, um, and we've been together since then. So it was about four been, years after where I got diagnosed with the breast cancer for the first time right so yeah cindy started falling apart the minute i moved down yeah. so <laughs> i i'm totally responsible for everything that happens yeah it wasn't my first surgery the breast cancer so. <laughs> but i'm still going strong <laughs> so well and and you i when when we had talked a little bit about this before you had said that you had a very aggressive form of breast cancer so and 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 tell a little bit about the detection and all that would you because i think it was important yeah, well, um, basically, um, there was no way to feel, you know, when you do your own um, self-exam, there was really no way to feel for it. Um, we did catch it and it was stage 1A, but it was against, with a 3D mammogram, um, they were able to detect it against my chest wall, which, you know, I totally wow. the mammograms. And uh, the second time... Um, at DeSoto Memorial Hospital, where I got it done um, with their mammogram, they have the 3D one also. So they found it as well. It was very small also, stage 1A. But um, because of the great technology out there, you know, they're able to, you know, detect it a lot sooner, I think. Yeah, I think it just increases chances for everybody. Yeah. Um, Okay, I don't know about you. Was this the first cancer you'd had, Cindy? Yeah, it was the first, yeah, and only cancer I had, I've had. Okay, so I don't know about you, but for me, the first time they tell you you have cancer, it's like a visceral punch in the gut. Oh, yeah, I was, I, I was like in shock. I felt like I was, uh, it wasn't like reality to me, definitely, you know, and um, yeah, it was hard. I mean, because being healthy and active and, you know, trying to eat right and everything. I was totally in shock. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, 
the second time it was even more of a shock. So yeah. And you know, especially when you're doing the right things, right? Yeah, exactly. And, um, quote unquote, big air quotes around that. Yeah, exactly. When you're trying to live healthy and, um, do the right things and, you know, yeah, it is a shock. So Marie, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So Marie, the first time, Cindy, were you guys at the appointment to get, oh no, because it was a mammogram. So I'm assuming you went by yourself, Cindy, and you just came home and told Marie, P.S. Well, I mean, it was, it was kind of, it was right before Christmas too. Yeah. And, you know, we were planning to go up to my family in Connecticut and she showed me the mammogram results. And I was kind of in a fog. It was kind of like, well, what does this mean? I mean, this, um, so, you know, so then it kind of became like this otherworldly out of body experience for me, at, um, mm-hmm. where, where she was kind of, you know, telling me, you know, this is what it is. And I mean, I was crying and, and that kind of stuff, but then I kind of became this, it was almost like I wasn't, um, really, um, feeling it, you know, it was like, it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't sinking in, in other words, I guess. Um, Kev yeah. talked about that the first time I got diagnosed, where you're kind of like, he calls it being bare minimum man, where you're just in bare minimum mode. You're doing the things that have to be done around the house. You're doing the things that have to be done to, as a caretaker. And you it's almost like you can't afford to process yet because there's so much you just have to be doing. Yeah, but I, I think on um, in addition to that, Cindy... Um, protects me yeah and she especially Uh. the first time wasn't really clear to me what she was going through I mean okay so I knew it was cancer and I knew she was going through you know treatment and all that stuff but she wasn't telling me how much pain she was I I mean I could see it I could see her skin burning on her breast I could see you know stuff that was happening with her physically but emotionally she wasn't really sharing with me um, because I think she wanted to protect me from going through what she was going through, which is really sweet, but I mean, it was- it's true. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because, um, with us, the, with the cardiac cancer in particular, right. We had to have those conversations about, okay, what if, cause I had that little window, that 5% chance of making it. Right. Yeah, you were. Oh my gosh. Well, but I mean, and I'm not not like woe is me, but but um, just we had to have very serious conversations about. Okay, sure. What about this? And then um, we were talking about like funeral arrangements and stuff because he's like, "Do you want to talk about what you would want, or do you not want to talk about that?" Because like we're going we're going forward as if we're going forward, but is this something that would matter to you, or do you, are you okay with just whatever I would do? And so we had those conversations and we had a friend come over who does that for a living, may helps people make arrangements. And we talked about things and Great. Um, yeah. I think for me, cause I'm a planner, it's like I'm planning as if I'm hitting that 5% window, but I had to have a fallback position in case I didn't, you know? Right. Right. I think I would do the same because I like to have a plan A, B and C always. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because then no matter what happens, you've done as much to prepare as you possibly can. Right. And it's still going to kick you in the teeth. I get that. But yeah. it takes, I didn't want to leave him 
with a bunch of decisions to be made if something happened to me. Exactly. Have it all laid out just in case. So, yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and so what, go ahead. Go, well, I was just going to say the first time that Cindy went through it, um, she was uh, doing home health too. So you oh, had that extra, um, that energy that she was that using to, you know, work and all that stuff. And I had just started massage practice again and um, I was making like no money. So we were, we were dependent on what she was making. And um, yeah, it was a really bad position for her to be in too. Um, talking about planning. Where you know you have to work. Because I had to work, yeah. Well, actually, I had left the home health and I was working at a local hospital uh, per diem, which which wasn't good for me emotionally because I worked with a lot of um, cancer patients that had been on oh, their geez. second and third time around. And, you know, I would get to read the case studies before you go see them. And, you know, and emotionally, um, I had to leave that hospital just because it wasn't good for me emotionally, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's like, how do you keep your focus and your spirits up exactly. when you're doing this day after day after day? Yeah. yeah. So that's basically uh, what I had to do is just leave it and, you know, <laughs> put myself in a more positive atmosphere. So then I went back into home health. <laughs> well, okay. So tell us again, um, we had some technical difficulties earlier when Cindy was talking about what kind of treatment she got both different times. Sure. Yeah. So the first time uh, I got the you know, breast cancer, it was small stage one A. So um, they decided, um, you know, to do radiation. And at that time, I don't know if they're still doing this, um, but, you know, I, I got six weeks and then one additional week. Uh, so seven whole weeks, five days a week. Um, of radiation and um, wasn't expecting to feel any fatigue or anything, you know, because it was in my breast. I'm like, well, how bad could it be? You know, but um, yeah, when it got to week four and afterwards, I was all I wanted to do was crawl up in a bed and take a nap. And <laughs> I just wanted to work a couple hours. And there were days I could only work a half a day. And I'm like, hey, sorry, I, I I can't do any more. I was just so fatigued. Um, and I was really surprised because <laughs> I'm usually the energizer bunny, you know. And then yeah. uh, so that lasted. And um, I didn't follow my doctor's advice. Um, she gave me three options of, you know, pills to take uh, because I was estrogen positive. And after reading the side effects and with my age at that time, I think I, I was, you know, just in my late 40s. Um, I didn't want to take a chance of having all these side effects. And uh, so I didn't listen to her. And, um, you know, eight years later, I, I got breast cancer again, where because they say it failed, the radiation failed because I got it again, um, then they have to do the mastectomy to make sure that mm -hmm. they get it all. So, you know, at that time, I, you know, did the mastectomy and uh, breast implant at the same time. I had already decided I was thinking about doing a double mastectomy. And then <clears throat> I, uh, I decided against that and I'm glad I did. And, uh, but that was, you know, that's a personal decision everyone has to make. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, every, you know, I had great doctors all around me and um, it went really smooth and, um, you know, it, you just got to go through the healing process, which the first two weeks, you know, it was, it was pretty painful. I was surprised. <laughs> I was definitely surprised. So. Well, but you figure, well, you know, because you're an occupational therapist, but all the all the muscles that are affected by the by a chest surgery, I was shocked. Like just trying to, I remember the first time I got home and I, I was kind of propped up on the couch on pillows and I couldn't get up by myself. Yeah. Because my sternum was still really fluid. Right. That was after the open heart surgery. So I was just like, babe, 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 I can't get up. And Kev had to run out and buy a recliner once they got me up wow. so that I could at least move the switch and get up. Yeah, it's surprising, um, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. You don't know, you know, you have a vague idea. None of us are stupid, but I mean, you just don't realize how much is affected to you. I thought it was interesting what you said about radiation too, because I felt pretty good. Like I was riding my bike every day. I'd get my treatment. I'd come home. I'd do my little four mile circuit. And then about week three, I'm like, and I was still working too. And I was like, oh, I need a nap. And then about week yeah. six, I was like, I'm not riding my bike anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just coming home and taking a nap. Yeah. Amazing. Really amazing. And you got to, I think part of it is if you're people like us that don't sit down well, let's put it that way. Um, right. You got to give your body time to heal. And, you know, you, as Kev says, you've got to be nicer and kinder to your body than you think you need to be. And I'm like, dang it, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not one to usually rest. Even, you know, on the weekends, I tend to keep going, you know. And, yeah, it's, it's a hard concept for people like us that, you know, have a hard time resting and relaxing. I don't have that problem. It's yeah. true. Marie, Marie yeah, definitely <laughs> doesn't have that problem. So. She's been trying to teach me over the years, but hasn't rubbed off yet. <laughs> so Marie, um, while she was going through treatment, where were areas you felt like you could help? Where were areas you weren't quite sure what to do? Um, what do you mean in general in life? Well, just, yeah, just in general, like as being a supportive spouse, where were areas you could help and where were areas that you just had to kind of let her do her thing? Cause it's interesting for me to hear for, from that perspective from somebody besides my husband, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the areas where I could help were, you know, basically, you know, keeping her comfortable, you know, encouraging her to rest. Um, yeah. She was a big help with it. You know, for all the good that did. Yeah. yeah. Well, Yeah. <laughs> I, she's not training me yet, you know, but I'm giving her treats every time she does something right. Um, Excellent. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, letting her sit down, you know, I'll make dinner. Don't worry about it. You know, just kind of doing that stuff, just doing like the general housework, trying to do it. And when she would get up to do it, you know, let her do it because she, you know, I think that's part of it, too, is that, you know, she needs to not feel useless and not feel like she can't do what yeah, she Yeah, amen to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was pretty much it, you know, other than, you know, her, well, her, her natural energy that Marie has is just so calming. So just her being around, you know, it's just wonderful, you know. 
She's a very soothing personality. Yes, yes. She's also really snarky, which I love, but she has a very soothing (laughs) effect on people too. Soothing snark. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. That sounds like a new business name. Soothing snark, something for everyone. (laughs) Maybe when she becomes a dog trainer now. (laughs) There you go. I know she's going to be great. You can practice with you can practice with Thor. Like seriously. Good. I'm going to have to because Taylor will rip my face off. So I'll have to try somebody else's dog. (laughs) Try Thor. He'll work. He'll work. Um. So okay, what are some things you wish you'd known? ahead of time or things you would do differently if God forbid this comes up again? Um, I would have listened to my physician as far as um, taking the medication that was recommended. Um, Do you mind saying which that was? Yeah, I don't remember the names, Um, but there was three that she recommended and she gave me to read up on. And um, just because you know, some of the side effects were joint inflammation and pain. And, you know, being an occupational therapist, I, you know, I use my hands all the time. And, right. And then um, just different side effects. I, it's kind of scared me. So, but, um, yeah, the handouts they give you for stuff. Yeah. I think I was telling Marie the other day, like the chemo handouts. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to read that because yeah. I know this is my shot and I don't need to know what I'll, I, I'm going yeah. to lose. The first one I said, do you think I'll lose my hair? They're like, oh yeah, you'll lose your hair. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, not even a question. And some people don't. I mean, some of the ones my friends have been on, they haven't lost their hair. They haven't even felt that nauseated. So there's, I think it's important for people to know that there's a spectrum of side effects. Sure, sure. Um, what else, anything else you'd do differently or some things that you found helpful either during radiation or after surgery or whatever? Well, <laughs> well, after my second, after my second, when they, um, put the breast implant in me, I probably, again, should I listen to my surgeon who, um, I've, I had two surgeons, I had a plastic surgeon and the breast surgeon who. Um, operated on me and the plastic surgeon, you know, being a OT, I, I didn't listen to him as far as not rate, you know, he said not to l- raise my arm for like a month. But after two weeks, you know, I felt my shoulder getting stiff and I didn't want to get frozen shoulder, which it felt like I was getting, I was getting pain around my shoulder. So yeah. I, I started doing my own therapy and, you know, things, you know, it, it shifted the uh, implant, but, you know, I don't care. It looks, it looks decent. You know, I look good in clothes. But he (laughs) he knew I wasn't listening because I don't know how he measures, but they knew every time I went there, it shifted. He's like, it shifted again. I'm like, it did. (laughs) Shocking. But, you know, it saved me from a future surgery, which would have been, you know, shoulder surgery. So, you know, you got to kind of, you know, balance things out, I guess. But, I could definitely feel well, I was getting frozen shoulder and I didn't want to want that to happen, you know? Well, and you know, your body and you have experience in the field. Yeah. And I think that the, that's a different layer to this than a lot of people are going to have. Well, and I think also that people in the medical field make the worst patients. Yeah. Because you're always second guessing whatever that makes sense telling you. And Cindy's a that makes sense. classic example. Yeah, but everything turned out fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, and Cindy, in the when we were talking earlier, you mentioned what a great relationship you have with your oncologist. Could you talk a little bit about her? Oh yeah, Dr. Wright Brownie. She is just a jewel, and um, you know she has the kind of energy where you just feel so comfortable, and um, you know she's a healer, you know, and um, she just makes the process so much easier and and the whole florida cancer center over there they're you know they're all great it, it was really a good experience down here they're they're connected with Moffitt up in tampa and um yeah yeah so really you know if i had to go through it again i mean that's the place i mean i have full confidence in them and um she is just i i can't say enough good things about her she is just a just a gem. I was talking last week with uh, my radiation oncology nurse. She did an interview, Lori, for this, and um, she's up at Moffitt. And we talked about finding a good fit. Uh, a friend's best friend and, and roommate has just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And again, small stage one, but it's like, it's a very aggressive form. Right. And I started, you know, I said, do you have any questions? And we just talked a little bit, the three of us. And I said, my biggest advice from the get-go is find someone you're comfortable with that you feel like is a good fit for you that knows your cancer and is a good fit for you. Because if I didn't have confidence in my providers, right? I, I don't think I would have had the courage to do what needed to be done to get me through that. Right. Definitely. Um, let's see. So for both of you, what's your biggest takeaway from the experiences you guys have been through with this? Um, what's the the thing you'd say that maybe you've learned and it doesn't have to relate to cancer. It could just relate to life. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think cancer in some ways is kind of like a gift, um, at times because it makes you not fret the little things, you know? Um, mm -hmm. makes you, you know, see the beautiful flowers out, makes you, um, enjoy, you know, the beautiful sunsets and, you know, it just, you have a, a second chance at things and to, it gives you a better appreciation of life, I think, you know, and yeah, it's a big slap upside the head as far as perspective is concerned, right? Yeah, that's what I was and, gonna say. and it, you know, makes you not you know, get mad over the stupid stuff, you know? So just let it slide because it's really not that important, you know? <laughs> For sure. So, Marie, sorry, I took your answer. Go ahead. No, sorry. <laughs> that was my answer and I refuse to speak now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, well, sorry, we, we both know you. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, and and Cindy doesn't get mad at me about anything anymore, which is great. So, um, no, but she never. She's always been really even tempered. But you know, we I've noticed the shift in her as far as you know. She was very, you know, before the first cancer, um, very driven. She was working crazy hours. You know, we would barely see each other. And afterwards, it was just kind of like you know, and and especially over the past few years, um, she's been like, okay, well, you know, this is good. I can work a regular job. I don't have to work 90 hours a week because in the long run, you know, what am I working for? You know, 
Um, work yourself, yeah. Yeah, don't so, work yourself into a frenzy. I always had two or three jobs, always. And um, so it's been nice this past, I think, three years. I've I've only had one job. And it's... <laughs> oh, you're such a slacker. <laughs> yeah, I know. But before, I mean, I my dad, you know, put this work ethic into me. Work hard, work hard, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I did. I always had a full-time job plus one or two side, you know, per diem jobs or, you know, part-time jobs. And I just, that's just what I always did. And um, so just working one job and knowing that, you know, I could afford things and, you know, and just, I could live, enjoy life a little bit more, you know, enjoy the <laughs> more peaceful times the and flowers. Yeah. And the sunsets. Yeah. We had more, you know, downtime where I could, you know, enjoy Marie's company and just the things that really matter. Well, and I love um, you guys, at least from what I hear from Marie, and she might be lying, Cindy, but <laughs> from what Marie tells me, I mean, I, I hear about the things you guys are doing and doing together and, and the focus you put on your relationship and your marriage. And I, I think that's just, I, first of all, I think it's a beautiful thing. Second of all, I think it's critical especially in the hard times that you've got, you build that relationship so that when things come up that are difficult, you've got some flex in things to have it not be perfect. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. You've built up the capital, I guess. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yep. So there's space there. Right. There's space, there's security, there's, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we, each one of us can lean on the other one, no matter, what the situation is and you know that it's like the most balanced relationship I've ever been in which is yeah you know it's easy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great it's a beautiful thing when it's easy yes it's funny Kevin I uh we woke up we've been only been married a short time and he said okay I gotta ask you something I feel like I'm putting in like a minus b plus effort and you seem really happy I'm like, dude, I felt like I wasn't doing enough. He's like, no, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. It was like, it was hilarious. But um, it's so much less energy and takes so much less to be happy when you're in a good relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Any any other um, tips and tricks about, you know, like healing besides not raising your arms unless you're OT and know you're getting frozen shoulder? Um, well, I mean, you want to eat, I mean, I totally believe in, you know, eating good nutritious food and, you know, staying away from fast food and things like that. I had to get Marie off the fast food. She was a fast food junkie when she first moved down, but yeah, just, um, eating as, you know, just act, treat your body as if it's a temple, you know, what you put in is what you're going to get out, I believe. And you want yeah. to put good stuff in so you get good stuff out and really does make a difference in how you feel. And, um, you know, um, I, I believe in alkalizing, um, you know, keeping your body at a high alkaline level, um, which helps, you know, fight cancer as well. Mm-hmm. What other alternative, you mentioned earlier some alternative therapies. What other alternative therapies or complementary therapies, I guess I should say, Right. Did you work into your healing? Well, um, 
I am a big believer in um, alternative therapies, um, especially, um, I don't know if you've heard of PM, PEMF devices, which are pulsed electromagnetic um, field devices, which, um, or they call resident light technology. Have you heard of that before? Is that like, because I have a biomat I use, is it like that? Um, it's a little bit different. The biomat is, uh, it generates infrared, red, ultra, right? Yeah, red, right. Heat and it ionizes your blood, which is great. It's, it's fantastic. Um, but it, you know, this, this is a little bit different. This is actually electric current. And um, there's devices out there that um, basically, um, it, it's hard to explain, but Basically, every cell in our body has a, a certain frequency as well as... Oh, I have heard of these. Yes. Yeah. So okay. so the also pathogens, every pathogen has a certain frequency. So when you know what type of cancer you have or, you know, there's, there's actually biofeedback machines. One of them is called the Spooky 2, which um, will actually... Um, it's a device you hook up the electrodes to your body and it, it's a computerized program that you could download for free. Um, but it, it's, um, you, you need to get their device. It runs about 900 bucks for the bio oh, wow. feedback machine, which isn't too bad. But what it does, it gives you all the pathogens in your body that shouldn't be there. It picks up the frequency from that. And then you hook up what's called you know, a, a renaissance light technology, like a generator, which will actually feed those same currencies back into your body. Um, and you could either do it through one that, you know, you put electrodes on your body or you could get one. Um, I'm, I'm in the process of buying a new one, which pulses the frequency through um, the air, you know, it, at a 30 foot radius. So actually you don't have to have anything hooked up to you. It'll actually put it out there. So what you do is it, this company is great. They've been in business 25 years and I wish I would have got this one from the start. Um, but um, basically it has programmed all these frequencies for different types of cancers. They have 2000 um, protocols already programmed into their um machine, but then they leave uh, space for 6,000 others. So say you found out exactly, you know, what kind of cancer you have, you just program that frequency in and there's books like called The Cure for All Diseases, The Cure for All Cancers, written by Dr. Hulda Clark. And there's many books out there called The Electric Body and this technology has been out there since the 50s. People have known about it. They just, and I, I hate to say this, you know, because I, I believe in following, you know, the doctor's recommendations because, you know, I totally believe in, you know, following them as well. But if I knew that their, um, you know, the medication wasn't working, um, I would tell people to spare no expense and get this technology because it's been proven science that once you use this electronic frequency and you, you know, you put it back into your body, it kills the cancer cells. 
Um, so that's what I was going to ask is what kind of research and stuff there's out there to support there, that. Which there is, is a good. lot of research out there. And if anyone wants to learn more about it, I'm, I'm going to give you the website um, and they'll send a free ebook to you, a 20, I think it's like 23 page ebook, which will explain how it works. And, um, but this new technology out there, the Pro Gen 3 and the Pearl M, the Pearl M is the one that sends it in a 30 foot radius. And so you could be doing things around your house and you're still getting the, you know, getting the, um, the, benefit, of it. the benefit. Yeah. It's really great technology. And it's the company has been out there 25 years. They have the, you know, so much research. And so I'm going to give you the website if you don't mind, because I really believe in this technology. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. It's re Renaissance light.com so it's r-e-s-o-n-a-n-t light.com and okay. they'll send you a free ebook and um, whoever's interested could read up on it and i would definitely recommend this to anybody um this company is out of canada and um i talked to the sales rep um the other day and i was so impressed and um but you know I really well, and i found at least at Moffitt with me, they were good with all the alternative stuff I wanted to try. Right. Um, there were few exceptions, like during radiation, I, t I drink this antioxidant drink most days. And they said, I said, is there any reason I can't keep drinking that? And they said, well, theoretically, part of, part of the theory of why radiation works is that it's oxidizing those cells. Okay. So you might want to lay off that for those six weeks, right? which I did. And then during chemo, they're like, nope, that's absolutely great. If you can get that down, that's a great, you know, nutritional supplement for you. Right. Exactly. So, no, that's the kind of questions people need to ask their physician. What, you know, what nutrition, you know, what's the, what's other nutritious ways that I can help my body get through this? Mm -hmm. So important because they just won't come out and tell you sometimes you got to kind of dig and ask those questions. And, um, you know, I, I asked about, you know, homeopathic medicine with, you know, my doctor and, you know, legally they're not allowed to tell you, Hey, go see this person. You know, they, they offer, you know, alternative ways. They cannot tell you that because they, you know, they could get in trouble with their license. So, but you, if you dig and ask, if you ask, yeah, they, they absolutely. Yep. They'll tell you for sure. Well, and, and even at, um, at Moffitt, they have, uh, like a, if you're doing active treatment, you, they have mas uh, massage therapy center where you can go and get massages, which really helped. Oh, um, yeah. they have a yoga teacher who will help you, especially, um, cause I was trying to heal from surgery and then I had a lot of radiation to my heart and, so the, the yoga teacher was great about helping me adapt some of the stretches I normally would do to things that it was possible for me to do post-surgery and post-radiation. So I, I think when you're looking around for a provider, that's part, that's part of what I'm saying, I guess, about finding a provider that feels like a good fit for you is you need somebody you can be honest with all the supplements you take, any uh, adjunct or complementary therapies you use or whatever, they need to know what's going on with your body. Oh yeah, definitely. And I, I educated mine on the biomat as well. And, yeah. um, she said, great, keep using it. And, um, right. Yeah, sure. I, 
mine, mine did the same thing. They're like, yeah, on this, or let's wait on this for those six weeks. And then I want you to add that back in. Yeah. I just, it was a, it was a very, um, consultative, collaborative sort of exchange every time I went in there. And that was what I needed for sure. I need to be able to talk openly and honestly, I wasn't looking for a patriarchal, you do this, you know, sort of model. Right. I was looking for something collaborative. Okay. Um, and well, I wanted to read. Well, before you, Oh, go ahead. Um, since we're talking about alternative things, um, the other thing I highly believe in um, is, you know, the use of, um, you know, doing yoga, Tai Chi and meditation, all those things yeah. are proven to increase the energy of your body there. It moves the energy throughout and it, it is really so positive. You know, you get such positive results out of all of them and you could actually feel the energy growing as you do these things, you know? Well, and the mental health benefits of just like feeling, uh, managing, cause there's going to be a lot of stress and anxiety, but for me, mine is yoga and meditation. And so yep. for those, through those things of having that, and I do like a, a spiritual study and practice and prayer in the morning. And I do uh, yoga stretches and whatever else I was very good about doing them during treatment. I'm not as great now, but those, that time, having that time every morning kind of set the tone for the day, yep. helped keep my stress level nice and low, et cetera. So good. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. Tremendous. I mean, it definitely helps. And if you could do it first thing in the morning, that it does relieve your stress throughout the day. It really does. And massage. Yeah. People should get a lot of massage. Yeah, I agree. And if Marie would give me a massage every day, I would take it because she is the best. I tell you. She's an awesome massage therapist. And it was... It was um, it was important for me once I was done with all the surgeries to get those massages again because all that you know you're you're developing scar tissue and everything else so trying to keep things limber and loose right. was really really important and Marie was very good about working around um, anything my doctors said like don't massage this area right now or uh, you know, if I had a particular area that was in pain, she's just, she's very, very good at that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And the other thing with massage is for those people who are not very good at sitting still and our massage is, I mean, seriously, it's, it's almost it. Well, you and I talk through our whole massages, but you know, (laughs) no, I've fallen asleep like twice. (laughs) In four and a half years. It's it's (laughs) an excuse to be still. I mean, you know, and it's almost like um, a four-hour nap. Yeah. An hour massage is like a four-hour nap. You get that kind of rejuvenation from it. I was just going to say, you feel so rejuvenated for the rest of the day. And and especially if you're drinking the water you're supposed to be drinking after massage, which Marie tells me every time. I know. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you're drinking the water to help flush, you think about the lactic acid and everything that's worked out of those muscles. Right. If you're drinking the water, you need to flush all those toxins out. Day two for me is usually a little rough. By day three, I'm starting to feel so much better. Yes, it does take uh, time to work out. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. That's Taylor, the wonder dog. Okay. So uh, let's do a couple of fun things here at the end. So for each of you, I'd like one, two, three, however many you want to share of your bucket list items that are remaining. <laughs> I'd like to train Taylor. That's one. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, 
Australia. I've always wanted to go to Australia, and I've always wanted to go on um, safari in Africa. Yeah, travel is definitely, you know, we we love traveling. And um, um, one of the things I want to do is a hot air balloon <laughs> tour. Not tour, but oh, that's cool. right in the, you know, California, the wine country. Oh. And um, the other thing is the blimp ride. I haven't done that yet. I want to do a blimp ride for some reason. <laughs> But um, I wonder if they still in the Bay Area, they used to have one of the Goodyear blimps. You could go do that at the same time you do the wine country. Okay. So fly the blimp over wine country and then just be done with it. It, You know, then call it good. Whatever. Call it good. I'm not. I'm not a fan of heights. So she's been trying to get me in a hot air balloon for years. So, yeah. So, okay. Last- very fortunate. You know, a lot of my bucket list has been checked off, you know, um, very thankful for that. After I got my first diagnosis, man, after that, the, I think in 2012, we went on three big trips and, you know, <laughs> haven't stopped. <laughs> We're, yeah. You guys are always going somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. So last question. Yes. Last question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that was it. That was Taylor. Taylor's got a bucket list. Okay. <laughs> oh, Taylor's in that case. Um, so for each of you, what's your favorite place to be? I tell you what, you know, I've really, Marie has trained me more than she realizes. I love just being home, her and I now, and enjoying our time together at home. And I've never been a homebody, you know, I've always been one to run here and there, but just we have our little routine now and, um, you know, we like to play backgammon every night and have, you know, just enjoy our time together. And that is really what I, I, I just love right now. I just really do. I'm That's so awesome. appreciative of our time together. Yep. And, you know, when we finally move, it'll be, you know, it's my favorite place in the world, which is New Mexico. And, you know, we've got that property and, and we're going there and building our dream house. And, and then there's nobody else around. So she's stuck with me all the time. <laughs> all backgammon all day long. <laughs> and dogs. I'm sure we'll have more than one dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I I really appreciate the two of you doing this and, and sharing your experiences and being so open about it. And I also just appreciate your friendship because you're just good people. You're just good people. Well, thanks. We got to get together more too. And that that's our other kind of thing we want to do um, with friends is get together more often because, you know, I'm taking care of my mom for the last uh, five years, kind of, you know, put a damper on my socialization and seeing friends like I you, you like to do, you know. So now this year yeah. we said we're going to get together with friends more. So that includes you. Excellent. And when it's less covid I am totally down. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. You guys are awesome. I so appreciate it. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Bye. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. As you can see, Marie and Cindy are just great people, and I'm so glad to have them as friends and in my corner. This week, as we're heading further into the holidays, it can be difficult for a lot of us. So please, as you're going through life, Try to look out for and help somebody else. If you look for the good and count your blessings, you'll make it a really great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks.